What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Oh, Sunday night. Welcome, everybody. Sunday night football about to kick off. That means we've got serious game face Heath Cummings. Welcome to the show. Recapping week 13. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and whatever I just called him. Serious game face Heath Cummings. What's up, serious game face Heath Cummings? I think Kyler Murray was probably the biggest winner this week. He, um, oh, come on, you no. know, healthy enough to run, <laughs> average six yards carry almost, ran it 10 times, um, looked 100%. We can stop worrying about Kyler Murray at least until the next injury. So that's serious game face, Heath Cummings. Dave, do you think John Harbaugh did the right thing? Would you have gone for two there? I understand his rationale completely. It's the end of the game. They just scored a touchdown with 12 seconds left. They're down by one. Their secondary was beat up. Marlon Humphrey left the game. It sounds like it's a serious injury. He didn't have enough faith in his defense after a long, tough game to put them back out on the field. So he went for two. And if Mark Andrews had just caught that football, he would have looked like a stinking genius. But he didn't do it. Yeah, I I would have done the same thing, given the circumstances. Don't forget that the offense just drove right down on Pittsburgh. So that Steelers defense was gassed itself. Looked like Andrews stopped. Looked like they were not on the same page, those two. Maybe a little. Yeah. It's a close game and really exciting finish at the same time. The Seattle game was finishing up. That was exciting. Uh, Gerald Everett did his best to, to keep the 49ers in the game, but ultimately the Seahawks prevailed. So great finish to a really fun day. Huge performances from Jonathan Taylor. Not a surprise. Tom Brady, not a surprise. Stafford with another big fantasy game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, wasn't. Heath says that Kyler Murray was the biggest winner. Dave, who was the biggest loser this week? I'll name Lamar Jackson, who looked really bad until the final drive of the game, and then he started to play a little bit better and a little bit looser uh, when they had to hurry things up and just pass, 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 pass. But I think he only has four games this year with more than 20 fantasy points. And he did a nice job running the ball this week, but passing, really not until the end of the game. Yeah, it's he's just one of the several players that have a very uneven distribution of statistics throughout the year. He's had four blow-up games. He's like the quarterback version of Terry McLaurin. 
He's actually had three like, blow-up games but um, and, and a 24-point game. But a lot of duds. I mean, as you said, you just said it, right? Four games of more than 20 points all year for Jackson? Right, and that includes a 24-point game. And I believe it's now three consecutive games without 20 fantasy points. Yeah, 16, 10, and 19 in non-decimal six-point-per-passing six touchdown leagues for Lamar. Yeah, what is going on? You know what? Every time I see him, he's got defenders all over him. He's running for right, his life. So- the, the offensive line is definitely an issue. He also hasn't quite played the same since he got sick. Remember when he missed? Well, he had the one bad game, and then I believe he got sick. Tyler Hunt, That was the Tyler Huntley game. Mm-hmm. And then since then, hasn't really looked that great. Right. So that was Miami, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, or was Miami before that? I think Miami might have been before that, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. then they're at Cleveland next week, so maybe a bounce-back chance. Heath, what say you about Lamar Jackson? You know, do you you can't sit him, right? Believe it or not, Lamar Jackson is a sit in Week 14 against the Browns. Who would you have I, to I, have? You know, you could have Herbert, maybe. Cousins. Right. So, like, if I'm calling him a loser, I don't necessarily mean that's it. I'm done with Lamar Jackson. Get him off my team. It's more like I feel like I got to weigh what my options are, and I can't just blindly start him. Well, I'll give you some quarterbacks who are, you know, potentially available. Right? Or not. Or you have both, right? You got Roethlisberger at Minnesota on Thursday. He's got 20 or more points in three of his last four games. No. You've got Cam Newton against Atlanta. I can't do it. It might be close. Taylor Heineke. Really? It might be close. Wow. Taylor Heineke against Dallas. Can't do that either. I'd start Lamar. Taysom Hill at the Jets. Is he playing? For sure playing. He's playing. I think I've learned my lesson. I would say that that's really close. Got the mallet finger, though, you know? Uh, Ryan? (laughs) I remember him. All right. Me too. Those are winners and losers. Winner Kyler Murray. I do want to say just because these types of things in my brain drive me crazy. Me? So on on a per on a game by game basis in our FFT league where i believe dave set a scoring record with like 199.6 points you couldn't <laughs> get to 200 you big loser um <laughs> lamar sad. jackson has scored more than 20 fantasy points seven times this season all right so right. The, the how many times he has he has a couple of 20 point games he hasn't topped 20 but four times except in decimal scoring where he's done it seven times. okay so fine so make it 21 how many times does he top 21 uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Really? 22? One, two, three, now four. Now we are to the four. Yeah. Right, four, four games. Four games is more than 22. But that's, that, like, I think it's important to recognize when we use those arbitrary endpoints, if it's because he has three more games right at the number that we're saying. It's a mm-hmm. much different story those two narratives. What I'm trying to, what we're trying to get across is that he's only had three big games this year and he's had a lot of letdowns. Yeah. So, uh, but a quarterback who had only reached 20 fantasy points four times would be much, much worse than what Lamar Jackson has been. Well, he has only reached it four times in non-decimal scoring. He's exceeded 24 times. When you include decimal scoring, he's a little bit better. I guess I, I have think to really should, get a better... I think we should try and get everybody on the same page to commit to decimal scoring. I agree. 
I have to get better at knowing. I mean, everybody in the chat, everybody who listens to this later, everybody who watches this later, basically everybody that plays fantasy football, every commissioner should say, okay, it's time. Let's, let's go to the decimal. Yeah. All right. I, I agree. And I really should as a host as well. It's much easier. It's just easier to, to give the round number because if I start saying, well, in his last three games, he has 11.7 and 21.6 and 14.8 point. It's just a lot, I think, to digest. But, uh, you know, point taken. All right, join our Facebook group. You can talk about decimal scoring till the cows come home. You can talk about cows. Search Fantasy Football Today on Facebook or click on the link in the episode description to chat with other fantasy fans. You can ask start-sit questions. You can talk through trade ideas, dynasty, whatever it is, fantasy cops, that kind of stuff. All that and more in our Facebook group. Search Fantasy Football Today on Facebook. Run through the news and notes. Adam Thielen left in the first quarter with an ankle injury. And he had one catch for zero yards. They have Pittsburgh next week on Thursday, short week. So may not see him in week 14. Elijah Mitchell left. He came right back, thankfully. He was evaluated for a concussion, came back. Joe Burrow, I don't know if he dislocated his pinky or whatever, but it got a little messed up. He was in pain. Mm -hmm. He played through it, uh, but he struggled. He struggled, to be fair, he struggled before that, too. Uh, Defensive end Joey Bosa... For the Chargers, he left in the first quarter. They've got the Giants coming. They don't need him for this next week. Logan Thomas left in the fourth quarter. What a shame, too, because, you know. It, I yeah. think it was bad, too. He was yeah. crying on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, so it stinks for so many reasons. Ugh. He's been hurt, and, and from a fantasy angle, really looked like he was going to – had a good chance to live up to the, this guy's got an amazing schedule. You have to pick him up. He could win you your league hype. Yeah. Uh, because yet another tight end caught a touchdown against the Eagles, and two of his next three match four matchups were going to be against the Eagles. Might John be Ricky Seals Jones time again, or John Bates, yeah, or John Bates. Kenny Galladay left in the second quarter with injured ribs. He came back. Uh, do we have a snap count? We got a snap count on Galladay. I think he was perhaps yeah, in and it. out, but he give said, me, uh, "Give me thirty-five seconds." No cracked ribs for Galladay. All right, Mike Glennon, Giants quarterback, suffered a concussion, so we'll see if they get one of them. Uh, he played about half the snap, a little more than half the snaps. Galladay, 38 snaps. Oh, you beat me to it. Shraggy B. That's all Shraggy. B too. <laughs> Shraggy B. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Giants could be on their third string quarterback next week or Glennon or maybe Jones, who knows. Corey Davis left with a hamstring injury. Terod Taylor left in the third quarter. Davis Mills replaced him. They get Seattle this week, this upcoming week. Jalen Waddle left in the fourth quarter with cramps. He's fine. He's awesome, by the way. Miles Sanders mm-hmm. left in the fourth quarter. Jason Kelsey, their center, left with an injury. They have a bye coming up, so we're expecting Hurts back. Sanders looked really hurt, but we'll see uh, what the situation yeah. is after the bye. Uh, a few more. Kenyon Drake left in the first half uh, pretty early, and Jamal Adams left with a shoulder injury in the fourth quarter. Seattle safety, their, their past events has been so good. And they did it again. Another big game against Ayuk. Or, or, you know, they limited Ayuk. Most of his 55 yards run, I think the very last drive or at least the final quarter. And when Adams was out. Yep. 100%. And Emmanuel Mosley, top cornerback for the Niners. Really good. Has not allowed a touchdown this year, according to the broadcast. I think it was a Fox game. Uh, He left in the first quarter, which you would have thought probably would have helped Metcalf a little bit more. And finally, Jacksonville center Brandon Linder left with an injury. Heath, there were a couple of big swings and misses in this game. They were swings. They were fantasy point swings for the quarterbacks in particular. Jamar Chase 
Could have had a long touchdown. He dropped it. Ends up being an interception. Gerald Everett could have had a short touchdown, but just a few yards. He dropped it. Became an interception. Really dramatically changed the games for, for Russell Wilson and Joe Burrow and Everett and Chase, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that wasn't the only flub up for Everett. He also fumbled on a... on a Twice. Well, what's that play called a stupid shovel shovel pass kind of yeah in the goal line uh miserable day for him you wonder because coming into this game and he gets a bunch of targets in this game too i guess but coming into this game gerald everett actually led the seahawks in targets since russell wilson had returned this is the type of performance that could change that mo and make you not want to throw the ball to gerald everett anymore yeah his his fumble almost cost them the game and schrager what do you got here negative three what is it? Negative three point three fantasy points for Everett in non PPR, and I think he had five, four catches, so he just barely beat the zero line in full PPR. Um, but yeah, I mean Jamar Chase with another bad game, but it could have been all made in in one huge play, and that was an eight point swing for for Wilson, and with the yardage, probably a ten point swing for uh, for Burrow with those drops that became picks. Uh, let's do some fill in the blank. Here we go. The best rookie. I'm actually going to change this. The top two rookie wide receivers rest of season will be blank. In what order? I think Waddle's got Waddle. I think Waddle's probably first. Waddle's first. And I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody else. Waddle doesn't play next week, right? Waddle's out. Oh, yeah. You know, we should probably do it per game because Waddle's got to buy. And Elijah Moore really has to be part of this discussion as well. Yeah. Devontae Smith has a bye next week as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I would go I'm really tempted Smith. to say more. All right, so but what do we so, so go ahead, Heath. Give me rank the Jason four. Waddle. Jason Waddle for me. Chase Waddle Moore Smith for Heath. I'll yeah. say Waddle Moore Chase Smith. And open the door. Leave the wine out. Here comes Elijah. <laughs> Uh, now this is per game because he's got the buy and Chase doesn't. You're really going Elijah Moore over Jamar Chase? I'm impressed with. <laughs> I was waiting for this to happen. I just didn't know if it was going to happen against Philadelphia, especially where Zach Wilson leans on Elijah Moore, and he was doing it even before Corey Davis got hurt. It was he had the first touchdown of the game. It was very clear once you got toward halftime, third quarter, that Elijah Moore was going to be the big target, and it should be. Heath nailed it on the show this morning. He's the alpha receiver. I didn't disagree with that. Moore's a very talented guy, and he left numbers on the field. He, he I think he dropped another touchdown. I no, just I, 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 he got he was, was off target. He was yeah. open, wide okay. open. It did hit his hand, but yeah. Hopefully, there's a lot less of that coming from Zach Wilson. <laughs> I was a little bit more encouraged with Wilson's play today than I had at any point this season, and I think that's what Elijah Moore needs. And now, fantasy managers should be able to look at Elijah Moore and say, okay. Back to starting him pretty confidently is at worst a number three receiver. Okay, so Heath, you feel still ch- uh, chase over Waddle? Would that be? Let's do per game. How about per game? Yeah, I think per game I'd probably just barely go chase over Waddle. You said it. He missed the uh, the long catch in this game, but I just he still got eight targets. I still believe in Burrow and Chase, and I think he's going to snap out of this little funk. Okay, Waddle has had eight or more targets. In six of seven games with Tua, seven or more catches in six of those seven games. And uh, Parker, I, I didn't know how much Parker played. He played 48 out of 69 snaps. He'll probably have a higher snap share. 
and I I want to I don't know if we could even find this out, but how much did he play before Waddle left briefly with the cramps? Um, anyway, I guess that's the only thing that that could throw him off would be Parker and Fuller. But at this point, I don't know. He just he just seems so perfect for what Tua likes to do, and he's just crushing it. It's ex- it's beautiful. All right, uh, a great performance. I am not buying rest of season is blank. Does that make sense? Right. Somebody who did well today that you that is an aberration. Yeah. What do you got? I mean, I, I would start with Amon Ross St. Brown. We've seen it before from him. Tons of targets, bunch of catches, had the game winning touchdown for the Lions, and then the next week he completely vanishes. So I'm I'm not ready to get excited over St. Brown. Okay. Who's another rookie receiver? Am I am I willing to get excited over Mike Williams, who put together probably his best game in his last five weeks? Just overall, he was involved early, had a little bit more of the short passes. Herbert had a great game. He got off to a great start before that offensive line disintegrated um, toward the middle of the game. Am I buying him? Probably still going to look at him as a number three receiver. Mike Davis. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great call. Okay, yeah, but St. Brown, well, we can talk about St. Brown because Heath, you had him as one of your winners. Dave says he's not buying it. Heath, to what degree are you buying Amonra St. Brown who went over 100 yards and had the touchdown? Oh, no, I'm um, sorry, I'm sorry. He had 86 yards and a touchdown. 86 ten, yards, 10 yeah. catches. As a, a flex, nothing more. I don't think anybody in this this offense right now is much more than that, but I've thought for most of the season he was their most talented wide receiver the josh reynolds thing is puts a little bit of a hitch in it because of what reynolds can do downfield but amon ross st brown is tanking taking some of those targets that we thought were going to be the big increase in targets for tj hawkins and that underneath stuff and he is a very good route runner so i i like him okay as a flex all right so a performance what's my what's my next one a lousy performance that you are not buying rest of season is blank Can I go back to Thursday? Yes. Dak Prescott. Okay. I mean, come on. That That's kind of an easy one. That's a low-hanging fruit one. So I'll come up with something better. Yeah, I don't know, you know if I'm believing that. It was a good, it was a good day. Over for, I don't think it's over for Brandon Cooks. <laughs> but a pretty disappointing day, despite the fact that his team was down huge score in the game. Yeah, that was. I think they had the ball for less than twenty minutes, maybe less than nineteen minutes. In this and game. maybe we should have a Saquon Barkley conversation. Well, you tell me. Are you buying this bad performance? Um, it was one of his best of the season, wasn't it? It was, but I'm. No. I just. I hate that he's not getting a ton of carries. And I know thirteen fantasy points. I think it was. I, I know, think it was I know, actually I his PPR third highest. He did, but he didn't score, and on yeah. PPR he was a total dud. I think Average it was five yards per carry. I mean, what more? (laughs) Well, he was efficient as a rusher, not as a pass catcher. That offensive line ain't getting better. Quarterback play may have impacted him quite a bit, actually. I, I think if you started Saquon as a number two running back, you got a number two running back stat line. In PPR, full PPR with six catches. Yes, I think let's that's you got twelve points. I think you still expected more than that from Saquon. Yeah, come on. Obviously, he was bad. I do not expect much more than twelve to thirteen from Saquon. No, this is about what I expect weekly. Wow, 
that sucks. <laughs> it makes me sad, man. <laughs> well, I mean, does someone else expect a lot more from Saquon still? No. Okay. I don't think people should, and that's the problem. It's just gonna matter. It's just gonna depend on if he scores. He probably has a PPR floor though of the ten to ten to thirteen points. Yeah, he's right in that Miles Gaskin range. Oh, he was awful. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up. Yeah, that was such a bad game, man. Uh, Heath, you have one a bad performance. You're not buying rest of season. Uh, Darnell Mooney. I think that he'll bounce back and and still be a good borderline number two wide receiver rest of season. A right, terrible let, matchup. Let's look at the yeah. Let's look at the Cardinals schedule here. Are we just can we just sit number ones against the Cardinals now? Can we just make it official? Depends on who they are. It's been the best of the best, literally. Cooper Cup. Next week well, it's Cup again. Next week it's Cup. Yeah, I'm not sitting Cooper Cup, so <laughs> right. I guess the answer is no. Uh, but I might do it in week 15. Detroit. Uh, how about Michael Pittman, week 16? Depends on what um, they look like. Yeah, he's. I think he's probably going to be in that uh, number three boom bust, number three wide receiver right. range that we love so much. Your fantasy champions. Your fantasy championship, Amari Cooper, week seventeen. He's not the number one wide receiver for the Cowboys. He will be. He well, they are great against slot receivers too. Oh, okay, fine. CD Lamb, CD Lamb, starter sit. You're starting him. You're if starting I'm him. in my fantasy championship, CD Lamb's going to be in my lineup. All right. Uh, last fill in the blank. Terry McLaurin is blank. This is coming off a three-catch for 22-yard performance at Las Vegas. Terry McLaurin is blank. A number two wide receiver. A number two wide receiver that I will reluctantly start, even with all the horrific performances. One of our daily viewers of FFT uh, did not start McLaurin. She tweeted me, and she said that I didn't start him. I'm so glad I didn't. I said, that's great. Congratulations. What did you do instead? She said, well, I had Javante Williams and I just used Williams in my flex. Mm, yeah. And I said, wow, you've got a bunch of great players on your team. You're lucky. But a lot of people just are not that lucky who invested in Terry McLaurin with a top pick way back in August. So I, at this point, I still feel like there's too much upside to absolutely shut him down. Now, if he were playing Arizona, I could be convinced not to use Terry McLaurin. And if McLaurin had a really tough matchup, and maybe we could say that Philadelphia could be one of those tough matchups, but they've got Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly in their next four weeks. I, I, I'm going to start them probably in all cases against both those teams. I think Philadelphia is absolutely a tough matchup. And he, by the way, I, I don't know how, how much you were able to watch, but in the fourth quarter, at least, it really looked like Darius Slay was shadowing Elijah Moore. I know Moore's touchdown on the opening drive, if you want to call it that, it was a very short drive, was not on Darius Slay. But I think by the end of the game, they were putting Slay on him. But I, I think McLaurin is going to run into a lot of Darius Slay in two of his next four games. I don't know that's going to be such a great finish for him. Uh, and yeah, the Eagle, and this, is, this is a great performance from Elijah Moore, given that this was one of the toughest defenses for wide receivers. Uh, I'm kind of all over the place here, but I'm talking about the Eagles. So as it relates to McLaurin and Elijah Moore. Uh, all right, let's do the winners and losers. Heath, your winners are what? What are you laughing at? Nothing. <laughs> Come on, you could you could laugh at me. It's fine. No, it's no. no. Russell Gage, Kyler Murray, and Amon Ra St. Brown. We already talked about Kyler and Amon Ra. Really keeping this moving along. Russell Gage, twelve targets, caught eleven of them for one hundred and thirty yards. Has really, I think he still has really, really low downside. 
but he's kind of stabilized a little bit into what we would have expected Russell Gage to be in this offense if there were no Calvin Ridley. And I think we have to view Gage now in that borderline number two range in full PPR moving forward. So could you make the, uh, I'm sure you could make the case, but would you be starting Russell Gage over Terry McLaurin going forward? I probably won't this week, um, but it's possible that next week, if McLaurin's going against Slay, I have him higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kyler Murray and Amonra St. Brown were the other winners, and like Heath said, we already got to those. So, Dave's winners, Devontae Freeman, Russell Wilson, and Van Jefferson. Let's start with Freeman. 14 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Five catches for 45 yards. He now has scored more than 12 PPR for, uh, fantasy points. Uh, no, double-digit fantasy points in five of his last seven games in PPR. So he's giving you something there. Uh, but this is a really good game for Devontae Freeman, Dave. It is 68% of the snaps. I believe that's toward the season high for him. Two of three snaps from 10 yards or closer. 10 of 16 on third and fourth downs. Tyson Williams is no longer a factor. He was benched. Latavius Murray looks like a slug. This is their best running back. Tony Romo even commented it on the broadcast. He looks like he's going backwards in terms of, you know, youthfulness and the fact that he's got some spring in his legs. I think the Ravens have got him. I think the Ravens understand that he's like that as well. So there shouldn't be any more questions about him. I think he's a number two fantasy running back until further notice. Freeman or Barkley? Barkley. If if I was so sure that Freeman would get four catches a week, I'd say Freeman. Right. But I'm not. But right. you're not. So it's going to be it's going to be a close call between those two every week for week 14. Who am I going to take? I've got Saquon against the Chargers. I mean that's a win. I got to take Saquon, even though Freeman's taking on the Browns. I I got to play that matchup. I, yeah, I don't know about. I mean, he he's not. Who was the matchup last week? It was the Eagles, and he's for Saquon. Yeah, their run defense is terrible. Sure, I don't know if it's terrible. Their run defense, the Eagles. I mean, it's it's usually right. Been. It's fine. Well, he had 13 carries for 40 yards against Philadelphia. By the way, Saquon Barkley has had more than 13 carries once in seven games, not counting the Dallas game. One time he said more than 13 carries, and it was 16. Are you trying, oh, no, twice. Are you like enticing me into a victory lap? Twice, or I think. Just stating fun facts. Is it once or <laughs> twice? I think it's once. Yeah. I don't, yeah. What do you mean victory lap? What is with you in the victory laps? You need to exercise? All you've been doing is taking victory laps. <laughs> you're just giving all these negative Saquon Barkley stats, and you're just tempting me. Oh, please. Uh, all right, Dave. Also, Russell Wilson. How how much confidence do you have in him after? Look, it was a 20-point game, but it should have been 28. Gerald Everett cost him eight points. I, I thought this is the absolute best that he's looked since coming back from the finger injury. Very encouraged by it. I hope that offensive line can start to play a little bit better. More importantly, they got a semblance of a run game going between Penny and between Adrian Peterson. So it's not going to be this one-dimensional offense that's going to get them in trouble. He plays at Houston next week. You're going to start Russell Wilson and feel pretty darn good about it. Are you guys going to pick up a Seattle running back? I'm I I am interested in stashing Rashad Penny. Ran with good burst and power, good combination. I'm sure he'll get hurt at some point between now and the end of the year. 
But until then, I don't mind stashing him on the bench and seeing what happens. He led the team in snaps in week 13. 40%, I think. He had he didn't have any of the high value ones. Yeah, I not know. many. I shouldn't say a lot. He he I think he had two snaps inside of 10 yards, but two other Seahawks running backs had more. AP, Travis Homer. And Peterson was the goal line back, just like he was in in uh Tennessee. It was very yeah, annoying. he got stood up a bunch though, too. Yeah, he scored once. It's basically all he can do, I think, is a one yard run. Van Jefferson, Dave. So I it's another inefficient game. Eight targets. He caught six of them. That's great, but only 41 yards. And he's usually mm-hmm. around 40, 50 yards because his drops are killing his stats. Uh, but he did catch a touchdown. So it, it, frame this here. You call him a winner. He was 65% started. What do you think about Van Jefferson? You should feel good about starting him as a flex or a number three receiver. There might be some weeks coming up where he does make the top 24. I love the target volume. Stafford's playing fine. And I, I think Van Jefferson could end up being ranked. I I had Odell higher this week. Odell played fine, um, played like a number three receiver. Jefferson played a little bit better. I, yeah, I had Odell as being a loser. Forward. And Adam tried to bully me into moving him out of my losers after he scored a touchdown. But he caught two passes for 28 yards on five targets. I put him back in. Odell, right. Odell is a loser. I put him back in there. He's back in. Yeah, he's. Um, I think he's just... Like right now, you have to view him in that same Mike Williams boom bust flex range where you're just hoping you hit it on the right week. I one more week where he saw eight plus targets, and I would have kind of bought into the idea that Odell Beckham's going to be a number two wide receiver rest of the season. You can't and really believe that right now. No, and I bought into it after last week. I thought that the connection was there and that this was going to end up being a thing now. Stafford to Beckham. And it, it really wasn't. And I don't know how many snaps he played. That's probably something I should look into. There were a couple of high leverage situations where they were near the goal line and Beckham did not play. It looked like he was not on the field. That's something I can check out real quick. Just ask Schrager, man. Schrager's on it. Shraggy B will beat you. Let's see if he does. Go ahead. Oh, it's a race. Who's going to get the snap count first? You got I got it. Dave I got wins. it. The Rams played 66 snaps. Odell played on 34. So one of the big topics that Heath and Jamie discussed on the show this morning, I didn't buy into it, was that he would be limited and on a snap count. Sure enough, he was. What were the, So what was Jefferson versus Beckham? I took Beckham. The fellows took Jefferson. No, 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 no. I snap think, count, I meant. Oh, okay. 34 snaps for Beckham out of 66. And 53 for Jefferson. Jefferson had 51. Oh. Cooper Cup at 62. Ooh, Schrager says 53. All right. See who I side I with here. He's looking at it. Okay. <laughs> These right. are counting the two kneel downs. That's so fine. Ah, the kneel downs. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the losers, which includes Odell Beckham. And who else? Lamar Jackson, we already talked about. Um, Kyle Pitts, we got to talk about him. Uh, it seems like he mm. sponsors the loser segment. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, 
chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's time for your losers, brought to you by Atlanta's Kyle Pitts. Okay, uh, so Dave, your losers were Lamar Jackson, Darnell Mooney. Yeah, Heath touched on that. He said that's a bit lousy performance. He's not buying. It was five catches, 27 yards against the Cardinals. This was after two straight games with 121 or 123 yards. Okay, uh, anyway, your thoughts on Darnell Mooney. What kind of a loser is he? He's at Green Bay next week. That's part of it, is that the matchup against Green Bay is one that I'm going to be nervous to trust him in. If it's Justin Fields coming back from the rib injury or Andy Dalton coming off of a four-interception game, I think it's going to be difficult for him, especially if he doesn't get crazy volume to, uh, to, to be good, to be considered a reliable fantasy receiver. He's got Minnesota the week after that. I'll probably buy back in then. And then at Seattle in week 16, not an easy matchup. Not at all. What what is the update now on Seattle? They've given up like one touchdown to a wide receiver in their last eight games. Something like that. But George Kittle had a pretty yes. good game against them. <laughs> oh, tight ends and running backs kill them. Wide receivers, they're great against. It's now one touchdown to a wide receiver for Seattle in their last eight games. It was Jamal Agnew. And that's just not an easy matchup for wide receivers. Now, if if Jamal Adams misses time, that could change things, certainly. But just something to keep in mind if you see your wide receiver has Seattle on his schedule. For Mooney, Heath, how much does the Allen Robinson absence matter? Because his two 100-yard games came without Robinson. Yeah, I mean, it definitely matters. It's the difference between him being a number three wide receiver and a number two wide receiver. Okay. Dave, Kyle Pitts, 78% started. Four catches, 48 yards on seven targets. It's not that bad, I guess. (laughs) Uh, what? For a tight end. Yeah, it's not that bad. What? I mean, it's a lot that's, not, that's not, yeah, it's great. He's better than a than a bi-week replacement. Or I mean, he's better than Zach Ertz. He's better than him, about too, same, but you know what? Same as Mark Andrews. Wasn't what I wanted when I started him, Heath Cummings. I wanted somebody who had a better shot to score. I didn't think you started him. I thought you were five or six catches. He was a low-end starter. But eight PPR points. I would like more than that from my Ballyhooed rookie tight end. And he had, I believe, I don't know how many targets he had in the second half, but I think at halftime he had four for 48. So I went into halftime and I saw his stat line. I thought, okay, great. This is going to be the week he starts to pop off and I'll look stupid for saying that you should consider another tight end. And then he went catchless the second half. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I hadn't really brought up enough, Matt Ryan's pass attempts. He got up to 41 today. His previous five games, his his high was 30. So probably, and it's not like they were winning and running the ball out. You know, I, they just, he was throwing so much at the start of the year. His pass attempts were way down recently, but they came back up today and he got to 297 yards. So with even with 297 yards, only 48 for Pitts. Yeah, I just, like there's so many bad tight ends every week. He's still getting a bunch of targets and air yards. I'm going to keep starting him. He had two second-half targets. Did he have any red zone targets today? Was he a bigger loser than Pat Fryermuth? Yeah. Fryermuth wasn't great either. He had three for 26. And, and a two-point two conversion. Two-point conversion. 
not, not look, that just like salvages him. <laughs> neither one was great, and neither one will be a tight end that anybody will confidently start next week. Well, how many tight ends can you confidently start? You know, at least six. That's true, not next week because Goddard's on a bye. Well, one of them ain't going to be Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh, losers, Beckham. Boston Scott and LaVisca Chenault for Heath. Oh, Boston Scott. Poor Boston Scott. Well, you know, he wasn't the only one. Daryl Henderson was active and didn't get a snap. And uh, what do you have to say about Boston Scott, Heath? Uh, well, I guess since Miles Sanders is hurt, if Miles Sanders stays hurt, then Boston Scott's probably somebody that we can't drop until we know that Miles Sanders is okay. But he just, I, he's just a decoy. I guess like they said they didn't care that he didn't practice when he was sick because he's a veteran. and He knows what to do. They had him return a kickoff. So it wasn't a health thing. They just didn't want to play him in this game. But if they don't have Jordan Howard, they don't have Miles Sanders. They may not have a choice. They may have to play him. So you can't drop him quite yet. Unfortunately, that even makes him a bigger loser. Almost. You don't think it was a health thing. I know he returned a kickoff, but he returned a kickoff, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a health thing. I, I guess they could be punishing him for fumbling and costing them the game last week, partially costing them the game. But I think he missed a lot of practice, and that could have been part of the reason why they didn't want him to play. He played 3% of the snaps before Sanders got hurt, and then after Sanders got hurt, he played 0% of the snaps. It, it, it could be the missed practice thing, but I believe it was Nick Sirianni specifically who said, I'd be okay with him playing despite missing the practices because he's a veteran. Yeah, but it was also Sean McVay who said, we expect Daryl Henderson to play. We expect Daryl Henderson to play. Made him active, and he didn't have one touch the entire but we game. we knew, like, like we had news before kickoff that he was going to be active and basically not play. Uh, I didn't remember seeing that news. I thought it was pessimistic, but, well, we started Sony Michelle anyway, so go we us. Did. We're going to get beat by 30 points anyway. So. Well, yeah, but, the tie, you know, tiebreaker points. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, I mean, why... What else is there to say about him? He only got five. It's one thing to get nine targets and turn it into 40 yards. It's another thing when the targets fall to five and Laquan Treadwell is outperforming you. And I watched a little bit, and I, I've come to a determination. And this could change by next year because next year is his third year in the NFL, and you shouldn't really judge receivers too much until you get to that third year, like finally. But he is not a good wide receiver. <laughs> he is bad at playing wide receiver. Almost just spit out my water. I was not expecting that. <laughs> that was a hot That's, take. That is what. No, I don't think it's a hot take, really. If you look at his statistics and his career, um, I don't think he's good at playing wide receiver in the NFL currently. Okay. I yeah. I you know Chenault's only thirty eight percent rostered. Marvin Jones, I think, is still in the eighty five, eighty six percent range. Yeah, free up a roster spot, people. Get, you know, get right. You're never going to use them. 83% rostered, 38% started. Yeah. Cool little reflective thing going on with those numbers. Yeah. Listen, I have a secret to fantasy football that I'd like to share with everybody. I don't remember if I've already done this, but. Is it don't start any Jaguars receivers? No, it's don't make this a point in when you're drafting. But if you have maybe a tiebreaker scenario, drafting players with late bye weeks is a really good idea. Yeah, because there are a lot of fantasy managers that have given up at this point, and you might just run into one. I ran into one this week. 
in one of our leagues. I ran into one last week in one of our leagues, and I lost to him, and that was Pete Prisco who started Michael Carter. <laughs> and I, my team sucks so bad I lost anyway. But there are a lot of people that just are not setting lineups this time of year. I know you're not one of them if you're listening, but it's a fantasy reality. So late bye weeks, y- y- I think you can get away with it because people have quit, unfortunately. All right. Now, if you have played one Don't of those, be one of those people, by no, the way. No, don't be. Play in one of those leagues where you penalize people for it, then you can ignore everything. You don't have to go hog wild on the waiver wire when your team gets to eight losses or nine losses, but set a lineup. Yeah, for sure. Don't don't leave somebody like Eric Kendricks in your lineup when he's ruled out at eleven thirty. Um when there's a specific rule in that league about starting players who have been ruled out and you've complained about the commissioner starting players who have been ruled out. By the way, I'm probably going to win. Congratulations. (laughs) Good job. Very sorry to hear that, Dave. Uh, I, you guys have to hear what Jamie and Chris more. So Jamie, we're so wrong about something. I'm just going to, I'm not going to say my side of it. I'm just give you a scenario. Let's say you have saved up your fab. You're in a fab league and you get to the playoffs and you know your opponent really needs a quarterback. What if you used all of your fab, basically, to pick up every available quarterback? Is that fair game? Is that a jerk move? How do you feel about that? Total jerk move. It's a total jerk move, but also, if you ha- it, there's, there's, um, there's two different things here. One is using all of your roster spots and rostering all of those quarterbacks through the games. That is completely and totally legal. The yep. other is picking up quarterbacks and then dropping them so they'll stay on the waiver wire. That is completely illegal, and those players should be taken off the waiver wire and made available as free agents. Right. Well, that's the right uh, move for a commissioner to make is if some bonehead but, does that. But if you want to hold six quarterbacks on your bench for the week, jerk move, how is completely it a, legal. How is it a jerk <laughs> move? It's not a jerk move. It's a smart Move you're rewarding yourself yes, for saving your lots fab. of smart moves not in life. life that are also jerk moves. <laughs> I don't agree. I don't agree. I all right, all right, fine. You know what? We we debated it thoroughly on Saturday's mailbag. If you want to go back and listen, fantasy cops. Colts 31, Houston zero. Let's go to our believe it or not. Believe it or not, we just shouldn't start any Texans. Uh, you need to amend this to be believe it or not, we shouldn't start Brandon Cooks. And now that Davis Mills could be coming back under center, maybe I should amend what I said earlier about Brandon Cooks. Maybe we shouldn't feel so good about starting him. I think you've got to lower expectations. In terms of wide receivers that you're frustrated with, right, let's talk about where he ranks. So let's throw McLaurin in there. I'm still going to put Mike Williams in there. I finally sat him, and of course he goes off. Brandon Cooks. Oh, I wish you had told me that before. <laughs> I, I told everyone. I ranked him in the top 15. <laughs> Brandon Cooks. All right, so let me give you four wide receivers. McLaurin, Cooks, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman. How would you rank them? McLaurin, Pittman, Cooks, Williams. I think it depends on what the format is. Fantasy because Pittman's going to be higher. Like Pittman's still a, a startable fantasy receiver in full PPR, probably in half PPR. I feel like now with an, yet another quarterback change, and the Texans are just so sloppy. I think Cooks has to be last on the list. Carson Wentz going into his bye, and then he gets New England the following week. So uh, you're not starting him for the next few weeks. 
Amen. May we all be so blessed to play against the team that has Jonathan Taylor in fantasy next week. Amen to that. I was, I, gosh, you knew he was going to have a huge game. 32 carries, 143 yards, two touchdowns. Next game, Chargers 41, Bengals 22. Believe it or not, Jamar Chase is no longer a must-start wide receiver. If I'm loaded at wide receiver, yes, I can find a path to sit him down. But I've just got to be absolutely loaded. Um, I still think he is. Boy, I don't like his schedule. And his quarterback might have a broken pinky or something. All right, can I can I amend it? Believe it or not, T. Higgins is a better start than Jamar Chase. Not amend it. You have to answer the original question, <laughs> I, and then you can do a second question if you would like. I don't think he is a must start. I think I feel okay. like I'm an, I'm nuts, but I don't think he's a must start. Okay. Do you? It's five straight games without even 13 PPR points. When you look at T. Higgins, you have to think 13 plus PPR points. And well, Jamar Chase had two drops. I could see myself uh, starting Higgins ahead of Chase. I would not start Higgins ahead of Chase, but they are both number two wide receivers for me. I'm starting both. Schrager, are you pull. starting both with the assumption that only one can have a good game? No. How many more weeks will both have a good game from Burrow? Two. Schrager, let's get a poll going here. Chase or, or Higgins, rest of season. And, uh, all right, anything? Yeah, there's got to be more from this game. This was an exciting, fantasy-relevant game. So I guess we should probably just instead of mentioning Mike Williams, talk about him. Hundred yard game. I believe he had two catches of forty plus yards in yeah. this game. I I I would like really, and this is debatable, but I don't really feel like this game changed anything. Yeah, I, look, he has to catch of Mike Williams. He has to He's catch a boom bust number three wide receiver. Right. Five catches for 110 yards for Mike Williams. I like that he had multiple good plays in the game. You know what else I like? First time in a while since he's had more than one good play. The other thing he gets every every week, though, he gets a a target inside the five-yard line. He had another one. Right. Last week, he did not. Yeah, but really every week. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, uh, that's it for this game. Unless you want to, no, let's talk about Burrow. 18 or fewer fantasy points in not in non-decimal scoring. 18 or fewer fantasy points in three straight games. I'll just say three bad fantasy games in a row. How much faith do you have in Joe Burrow? Let's assume he, he's healthy. Let's assume he's healthy. How much do you have uh, faith in Joe Burrow? San Francisco, Denver, Baltimore, Kansas City next four weeks. No. He'll be a borderline number one fantasy quarterback until that offensive line gets healthy. I think I've had him outside of my top 12 each of the past two weeks, and I don't anticipate he will be inside the top 12 against any of those matchups. Philadelphia 33, I'm, Jets 18. Like, I'm starting Lamar Jackson over him, regardless of matchup still. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would too. Believe it or not, the Eagles should start Gardner Minshew after their bye. How about this? It took us 45 minutes to finally get to Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Keith, I don't know how you could restrain yourself for that long, but I am well, proud I sent some of you tweets for it. to Pete. Yeah, I sent some tweets to Pete throughout the afternoon just to uh, get, release some of it. But yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> Did he write your back? No, Pete didn't. Uh, Pete didn't. He, he had some things to say about Gardner Minshew today. 
Yeah, he did. I'm sure he did not like the way that he played. He'd much rather um, watch Sam Darnold or somebody. But no, I mean, phenomenal effort. He was great. He was great. There's there's no complaining about it. He was a good passer. He gave them a good passing game. And I don't know. I think Jalen Hurts is probably going to be healthy when they come out of the bye. No, that's not the question. What was the question? Should they start Gardner Minshew? No. The answer is no. Because I think that Hurts will be fine coming out of the bye and they'll just go right back to him against Washington. Yeah. I'd say no. From a fantasy standpoint, I I would, as a... I know this is crazy because he had such a bad game, but Devontae Smith, anyone in the passing game, I'd rather have Gardner Minshew. You know, he threw for 242 yards. Jalen Hurts has not sniffed that in five games. Maybe once, but I don't think so. I don't think he's been more than so 190 Adam, what games. do you think the Eagles... You're Eagles fan, Adam. I go Hurts. Well, you go Hurts. You go Hurts, okay. I'd say. But if Hurts... If they didn't have a bye next week, say they're playing Washington next week, and Hertz wasn't at 100%, then yeah, I think Minshew, I, they, he's earned enough to get another start. Yeah, Devontae Smith, I, one, two catches, 15 yards on four targets at the Jets. Oh, that's terrible. This, now, this guy, is he behind the other four, right? We had McLaurin, Pittman, Cooks, Mike Williams. Would you start all of them? I know they have a bye next week, but just in general, do you like all of them better than Devontae Smith? I think you have to say yes to that. I don't know coming out of the bye. Uh, my suspicion is Cooks and Williams underwhelm next week and Devontae Smith ranks ahead of them, but it may be determined by how they do next week. They're, he's right in their neighborhood. The other two guys are definitely ahead of him. It is pretty amazing that another tight end caught a touchdown against the Eagles. It was Ryan Griffin, 15 yards and a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> last thing here, I, I've been pretty impressed with Tevin Coleman. I've started him two straight weeks out of desperation, and it's not like he's been amazing, but I'll take it. But next week against New Orleans, it's a no, right? And then it's Miami after that. With Carter, and then it's Jacksonville cool. after that. Yeah, but Carter, it could be back at that point. But And then it's Tampa Bay after that. All right, can we just take it one by one? New Orleans, yes or no? Start no. Or okay. No. All right, Arizona 33, Chicago 22. This is a tough one. Um, believe it or not, you shouldn't really feel very good about DeAndre Hopkins as a number one wide receiver. Believe it. As a number one? Can I? Can, yeah, believe it. But now I'm going to amend okay. it. Top 18. One and a half. I think he's going to be between that 18 to 24 range for me most weeks. Until he shows signs that he's really healthy and really back to normal. I'm going to get a snap count on him, too. 39. Well, but that's the thing. Like, earlier. <laughs> you have it, Adam? Yeah, 39. Earlier in the season, he was performing solely based on touchdowns. He's not had a number one wide receiver's target volume or catch per game or receiving yards per game. He's just scored a bunch of touchdowns. And he hasn't been a number one wide receiver per game. I, I took away the week against Green Bay. He paid, played 25% of the snaps. So I looked at the first seven games of the season. Hopkins was per game, I want to say 13th in non-PPR, 18th, maybe 19th in full PPR. But I have faith in him just to produce you know one way or another i'm never taking him out of my lineup sorry 
all this talk about all these wide receivers is Hopkins is not one I'm sitting. Mostly because I don't have DeAndre Hopkins in any leagues. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if I did, I'd be starting him. Agreed? Agreed. I, so, but I still think that the Cardinals have kind of found their way into becoming a a more run-friendly offense than maybe what they had envisioned at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Which like leads me to another, believe it or not, which I'll give after Heath talks. Go No, all go right. ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, do you have something to say about Hopkins no, and the offense? Nothing at all. Go ahead. Believe it or not, there's actually a little cause for concern with James Conner moving forward. Um, because Chase Edmonds, Edmonds is coming back? Yeah, and he will cut into some of that work. I think it was – I'll get the official snap share for our guy James Conner. 90%. I, I, I think Conner had eight catches before Chase Edmonds' injury. So, yes, I think there's a, I, some concern. I don't like he's been a number one running back since Edmonds has gone down. The one thing I'm not sure of, and this will get me in, in some trouble probably with the, some of the stat people, but coming into this year in the offseason, I had sent something out about how, you know, James Conner has actually been a lot better on a per target basis than Chase Edmonds. Are we sure Chase Edmonds is better than James hmm. Conner in the passing game? And everyone said, well, yeah, it's because he was playing with Roethlisberger and Edmonds was playing with Kyler. Coming into this game, James Conner was averaging almost nine yards a target. Chase Edmonds was averaging less than six. Mm. Edmonds has never been particularly good in the passing game on a per-target basis. He looks like he is. (laughs) He definitely looks like a running back who is good in that regard. But he's not particularly good at it. James Conner has been better. Do the Cardinals realize that? Or do the Cardinals dial back Conner so that he doesn't risk getting hurt. Right. Do you still feel like even without, even knowing that, that they're still going to use Edmonds in that role? But I think it's a possibility that he, you mentioned the eight catches he had before Edmonds went down. I think it's a possibility he gets more targets now than he did before Edmonds was hurt. And more carries, you know, because Edmonds was getting a decent amount of carries. It might just be his backfield now. Uh, Well, at least the running downs. Okay, how do you feel about David Montgomery? Great game for Montgomery. 90 rushing yards, 51 receiving yards, eight catches for David Montgomery. He's awesome. He's awesome. Some of the moves he made in this game to evade defenders. I I don't know how you watch him play football and come away with any other impression that he is very, very good. Yeah, but he hasn't been that good for fantasy. And he's not, I, I would be shocked if he has a game like this receiving-wise if Justin Fields is back. So, you know, <laughs> can't sell high anymore, but do you feel like uh, this is the this is the, the pinnacle of the season for him, for, da- for David Montgomery, or can we get another strong league-winning finish? He just scored 28 fantasy points? Uh, I think yeah. it's probably the pinnacle. I, that's that's, I don't mean that's it probably too, the top. I don't mean it too literally. I mean... You know what I mean. What do you expect rest of the season from David Montgomery? I don't expect eight catches. I don't expect 51 yards. He came into this game with 12 receptions for 103 yards. So he really boosted those year-to-date numbers, and I don't think that's going to happen again, although it would be smart for the Bears to lean on him in that regard and to teach Justin Fields to dump it off to him, use him in the pass game just in general. That would be also a great way to maybe take some carries off of him and using him on the edge. I don't think he'll have a chance to get as seriously hurt there, 
versus between the tackles, but I can't count on him to have a game like this again. I don't think anybody benched him this week either. So enjoy sure. it. It's great. But moving forward, he's still going to be a running back who you're going to need a touchdown from for him to have a top 12 finish. I, he's he's pretty much in the set it and forget it category for me. He's a number two running back that I'm starting every week. Hmm. Okay, Tampa Bay 30 and Atlanta 17. What do we got? Um, Believe it or not, Rob Gronkowski really is a top two tight end. Top three. Right. I think after this week, he'll be number two. So I think he passed Andrews. I just, I probably, I think the answer to that question is yes. How many people out there have to make a decision on Gronk or Andrews every single week at this point? It's got to be a small percentage. Well, but there could be people with Gronk and Kittle or Gronk and Waller or Gronk and Hawkins. Like, sure. But wasn't. Gronk ahead of pretty much everybody, like, you've got a decision to make if it's Andrews or Kittle. Even with the game that Hawkinson had both last week and this week, I'm still going to start Gronk ahead of him. Let's talk about Cordero Patterson because everyone's starting Gronk. Uh, anything? Well, do we have to? Anything to say about him? I, I, I guess to. I, he's really been the running back. He's not as much in the passing game the last two weeks. I believe this was his first full game without 14 PPR points at minimum since week one. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's kind of a bummer, but you know, still very I don't, good game, I don't mind it. I'm still going to start him. 96 total yards, three catches for Patterson, and 78 rushing yards against this run defense, which didn't didn't really show up today. We talked about Pitts. We talked about Gage. You know about uh, Tampa Bay. Start their guys. Detroit 29, Minnesota 27. <laughs> Woo! Great defense at the end there. What a game. Heath? Believe it or not, Jamal Williams was a mirage and is a flex at best until DeAndre Swift returns. Let's see who they play next week because I think the matchup plays a big role. It's Denver next week. Um, I'm still going to like playing Jamal Williams as, a, as at worst a low-end number two running back. So I don't believe oh, the flex talk. I'm with you. I don't either, but like 70% of the people in the poll did. Yeah, I, people are really very, off. very discouraging. The thing that bugged me and that will have me projecting him much lower next week. I know Godwin Igwebuke was the two minute back, and he was mm. the third down back. I think Jamal Williams only had one target and only only caught one pass, so right. he did not get the role that I expected. But he still had 17 carries, 18 touches. They've scored a lot of rushing touchdowns. He'll be the goal line guy. You should still start Jamal Williams if Swift is out next week. He played 48% of the snaps. Just an absolute bummer of a stat. 40, that's not good, yeah. Um, but I think he had like 60% of the running back touches. Yeah. Uh, this is really disappointing. 60? <laughs> I think it was way more than that, right? Was it? Well, he had 17 carries and one catch, so that's 18. Jefferson and Iguibuque had seven carries and... Two catches combined? One catch combined. So, so yeah, that's, that's 66%. Okay. Right? That's still a lot. I yeah, I was surprised that he that 41 passes for Goff and 296 yards. Really good game for him, by the way. Uh, that only one catch for three Williams. touchdowns. It's he amazing did. for Goff. And Hawkinson. How many times was he sacked, by the way? Just twice? Three? Three times? I'm not sure. Three? Yeah. I don't know if this matters to you, but Hawkinson, 
two weeks ago he was he became the third tight end to catch a touchdown against the Bears, and today he became the second tight end to catch a touchdown against the Vikings. So good for him. Yeah. Miami 20, Giants 9. Believe it or not, you need to hold Devontae Parker through the bye. Nah, I think you can get away with it. I don't think you have to. The wording I don't like, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say, don't believe it, but He's not a bad. He's not a bad guy to hold through the bye. He faces the Jets in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Wow! I do not want to put that out there on the waiver wire. As mostly good as he has been all year long, whenever he's played, he should be very healthy. They'll be coming off a bye facing the Jets. I it's want the to Titans in Week Seventeen Parker. too. Sure, sure. Um, but he's also got the Titans in Week 17, so two of those three matchups in the fantasy playoffs are going to be good. Trusting him is another story. If you need roster space and he's someone who's on your bench, maybe he's on your bench for a reason. And if you let him go, maybe to pick up running back that's out there, maybe Jordan Howard's out there, somebody like that, I think he's droppable. Jordan Howard's on a bye this week. I know, but if you're, which would you rather carry in the fantasy playoffs, a bench receiver or a bench running back? Which guy would you rather, like, let's say Miles Sanders is out for the year, God forbid, but it might happen. Oh, Howard, Howard could be back after the bye. I think I'd rather have the running back on my bench. Well, that's a slightly different story, but my point was that I don't view Devontae Parker as a bench receiver coming out of his bye. I think he's going to be a starter in week 15. And so that makes him a hold. Mike Kosicki did have 11 targets. He had seven catches for 46 yards, and he had an almost touchdown. It got targeted in the end zone, couldn't quite come down with it. As far as the Giants go... it hit him in the face? It did. Giants defensive back Aaron Robinson made a pretty good play to kind of... Might have gotten a fingertip on it, but it it did kind of hit Kosicki in the face. Uh, For the Giants, I mean, is do you care about rostering Galladay? Shepard? All right. No, yeah, they're bad. No. All right, Rams. I'm holding on to Shepard in one league. Yeah, when Shepard is cleared, there should be a mad dash to the waiver wire to go pick him up. Okay. Right, assuming that Jones is the quarterback at that time. Rams 37, Jacksonville seven. Woof. <laughs> um, believe it. Believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know what to say about these. Like, believe it or not. James Robinson's not a must-start running back. The only reason why I would believe that is because this coaching staff treats him poorly. Yes, he had a fumble early on. That means you're really going to put him in the doghouse and give Carlos Hyde more work? You really believe that much more in Carlos Hyde after everything that James Robinson has shown you this year? That tells me that the coaching staff cares more about sending a message than they do putting their best talent on their feet on the field to try and win a game. What if he was hurt though? What if it was an injury situation? If it was an injury situation, then the coaching staff is doing the right thing. But I don't know if that's what the case is. He got benched the week prior because of a fumble, and there was a big hubbub in Jacksonville because they asked Urban Meyer about it, and he said he didn't know what they were talking about. And then the next day, he came back to the press conference and said, "I, I asked why he was benched." And it's because they thought Carlos Hyde had more juice. Um, My goodness. They're blind. So, yeah. Prune juice, I, maybe. Yeah. 
Go ahead, finish your thought. <laughs> I don't think he's a must start. You're definitely starting David Montgomery over him. I'm definitely yes. starting Saquon Barkley over him. I'm not. I think I'm starting Devontae Freeman over him. I'm not definitely starting Saquon. I think in full PPR, I'm definitely starting Barkley over him. But yes. Uh, yeah, and the, by our Twitter poll, uh, let me just update you because I'm going to forget. 53% would rather have Jamar Chase. 46% would rather have T. Higgins. Hmm. So very close. Kind of close. Yeah. Also in this game, do we think next week, let's say Daryl Henderson is you know good, ready to go, what does the backfield look like? What is the split? M- my gut says it's still going to be a lot of Henderson. Okay. I was kind of thinking the other way around, but it, all we have is gut right now because I think it's close enough as well as Michelle played and as many times as Henderson has gotten hurt. I think there's genuine reason if both these guys are healthy um, to to question it. Oh, could, oh, please don't be the Patriots all over again. I don't think it will be the Patriots. I, I think they'll have a guy. It really has never been that way for them. Right. Our next game, Washington 17 and the Vegas Raiders 15. Uh, believe it or not, Antonio Gibson is going to be a top 12 running back rest of season. Believe it. Yeah, That's yeah, it. I believe it. Great belief. Cool. Strongly believe. They got to keep winning. Believe yeah. it or not, Josh Jacobs is going to be a top 12 running back rest of the season. Mm, I don't believe it. I can't. I think I, I, close, I, though. Especially with Drake hurt and like kind of like maybe seriously hurt. Um, mm. I cannot wait until February or March, the first time I get to say to Adam, when Adam talks about how bad Josh Jacobs has been the past two years, yeah. to say he's been a top 12 running back each of the last two years. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Yep. Yeah. Nine but catches at least this, this year. He's, at least this year he's doing it differently. It's not all touchdowns and, you know, you cross your fingers that he gets enough carries. The nine catches and the nine targets, outstanding. When they, love, love, love to see when it. When they I sign hope a third that. down back, you know. Uh, they on the broadcast today, like somebody the, like Kenyon Drake, he's not a third down back. I mean, that's the thing. And he was taking, he was taking catches away from Jacobs earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. they, on the broadcast today, I don't remember who was calling the game. They said that, uh, Greg Olson. Oh, it was actually Greg Olson. The tight end, former tight end was saying that Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator said that the Raiders are better pass blocking than they are run blocking. And it's hard to judge Josh Jacobs. They are a really bad run blocking team. So, uh, but Jacobs touchdown was an excellent run. Great play. Um, really yep. good footwork. All right, I'll victory lap here since Heath has been doing that for the last two weeks. I told you you were too high on Derek Carr. That was crazy. You can't trust him without Waller and obviously Ruggs. 11 points. Come on. But at least Mariota. I don't think Mariota got in. Mariota played. He didn't do anything statistically. Hunter Renfro is. Uh, at least if Waller's not there, he's an absolute yeah, must. Awesome. Yep. All right. Pittsburgh 20, Baltimore 19. So we already did the Ben Roth or the uh, Lamar Jackson one, which was, um, I think we did Najee Harris last week. Ooh, do a Chase um, Claypool one. Do a Chase Claypool. Ooh, yeah, one. yeah. Claypool. Yeah. I think everybody's going to believe it, but believe it or not, Chase Claypool is a boom bust number three, just like Mike Williams. I think he's worse than Mike Williams. I think he's better than Mike Williams. I think I'm really mad at Mike Williams. Yeah, you hate Mike Williams, for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I, I had to pick one for the rest of the season. It's Williams. What was it three targets for Claypool? That was bad. Three. <laughs> was that like NBA Jam? Three. No. That, that's NBA Jam. Yeah, Claypool, two catches, 52 yards. I, he, he's basically the same as Mike Williams, I guess. Yep. I don't think he gets as many targets. Not consistently, anyway. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about Mike Williams before this game was getting about five or six every week. Am I wrong about that? I could be wrong about no. that. I mean, last week, I think, was... I don't know, I'd have to double-check it. I don't have every stat on the forefront of my mind, Let's but I can it. look at the Steelers' receiving stats. And Claypool did have nine and eight coming into this week. But before that, there were a lot of games with five and six. Yes, yeah, Almost with entirely been, and this was a weird game that they won, but it's almost entirely been that Chase Claypool gets a bunch of targets when they lose and almost no targets when they win. That's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. How many passes did Roethlisberger throw today? He threw 31. The problem is, in using that logic, you would have started Chase Claypool this week. But you even said it, that you everything on paper felt like the Ravens should win this game, but it was Ravens-Steelers, it was a desperation game, it was at home. You even said that. And they almost lost. And they did almost lose, yeah. Uh, all right, Claypool is what he is, number three. And do you guys, I mean, Roethlisberger is probably playing a little bit better lately. Give him a little bit of credit here. And like I said, 20 or more points in three of his last four games. You start him at Minnesota next week? Probably not. It's a short week game. Makes me nervous. All right, last game here is Seattle. Yeah, Seattle 30. <laughs> Seattle 30 and San Francisco 23. Believe it or not, Tyler Lockett's better than DK Metcalf. Been raking it that way for a couple weeks now. I believe it. What? I believe it. I think I've done wow. this, believe it or not, like maybe five times over the last three years, and Adam's never said, I believe it. He's always stood by his man. Well, I believe DK Metcalf is a better wide receiver than Lockett, although I think they're both excellent, but just not working. Uh, it was really close today. He had a couple of almost touchdowns in this game, uh, but I just the, trust Lockett. I love the route on the Lockett touchdown. I I guess he was pretending like he was blocking, but he did some little breakdown thing in front of the corner and then took off behind him, and Russ just threw it up in the air. Lockett ran underneath it. It was a beautiful touchdown. Looked like old school Russ and Lockett. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. such a weird year. It's like I've got this team with Marquise Brown and, and DK Metcalf, and I can't sit them. My other options would be Devontae Smith, Chase Claypool, Odell Beckham. I think a lot of fantasy managers are in these situations. Sure. Yeah, start sitting DK Metcalf. He's not producing. Who are you going to sit him for? Right. You don't have a guy. Elijah Moore. That would be a guy that you could consider. Could consider. I don't know if I'm ready. You know what? I'm not ready to say, yes, you should start more ahead of Metcalf, but I'm also not ready to say, oh, that's preposterous. He can't do that. What about Brandon Ayuk? Uh, Same yeah, thing. with Debo out, I think I think I probably would. Would you? George Kittle had 181 receiving yards and two touchdowns today. Mm-hmm. Yep. How Just much yak? That, he was freaking incredible in this game. One of his best performances. It's so many broken tackles. What a beast he is. Uh, and then on the San Francisco side, Eli George Mitchell Kittle. had every carry for, by a running back. 
Uh, Matt Breida had like a 25-yard carry that was called back because of a hold. Breida? Matt Breida. No, oh. no Jeff Wilson. Yes, he did. <laughs> Jeff Wilson. Well, they called it back. They, they wanted Mitchell to have all the carries. Yeah. So they, they held. Okay. And he left the game. He left the game for a little bit with a concussion. He had to get yeah. checked out. But he's um, He was not the leading rusher in this game. Who was That's Oh, Travis Homer. Yes, if you are looking at the box score, Travis Homer had a 72-yard punt, a fake 73. punt, 73-yard yep. touchdown run on a fake punt. You don't get DST points for that, do you? No. No. Right. But you know what's really annoying is that I, it's going to screw up San Francisco's ranking against running backs. You give that up was a running play from a running back. Yeah, but it, you know, that's an Azer stat. Like I'm removing it. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Javante Williams week. We are done here for tonight. Thank you for watching, everybody. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. What is this comment here? Football is missing something, not entertaining anymore. Did you watch football today? It's not missing anything. It's amazing. It's the best. Awesome, awesome finishes to some of the late games. Football is the best. Every sport sucks except for football. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, and college Sorry about your Knicks. Too. Yeah, it's exactly 100%. Andrew Yankees. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. It'll be me, Chris, and Jacob on the Monday show. Also, check out Fantasy Football Today in 5 for Dave and Heath and Shaggy B. I'm Adam. Good night, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.